Hello, and welcome back to Predator Minute, the podcast where we watch one minute of Predator at a time and then discuss it with our friends or sometimes total strangers. This week, though, it's a friend. I'm Cliff from PredatorMinute.com. And I'm Aaron, also from PredatorMinute.com. And we are joined this week, well, hopefully, it's Monday, we'll see if he makes it through the whole week, with by Lieutenant... I'm sorry, Lieutenant Colonel yes. David Owen. I almost gave you your first rank and to your last one. I could have worked you through the ranks through the week. What do you think of that? Yeah, that, 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 that's actually a pretty good idea. That's that's why when I introduce myself to civilians, I usually just say I'm Colonel so-and-so. <laughs> because if I introduce myself as Lieutenant Colonel, then they reintroduce me. They always just knock it down to Lieutenant. And they look at me funny. And they're like, wow, you're really old for that Lieutenant thing. Uh have you considered a different career, maybe something you'd do better in? I didn't go to four so. years of colonel school to be called lieutenant, pal. Yeah. I don't know how the military works. But that's why not we have like you that. on. Definitely Freaking close. Like Pretty oh. close. Oh, okay. <laughs> so this minute begins with Poncho moving through the jungle uh, like a badass. Yes. Uh, and it ends with, well, with Poncho moving through the jungle like a badass. Yeah, you know, he, he not, does that well. He's 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 well trained in that in badassery. Yeah, you know, and and I, what I noticed is they're kind of doing a leapfrog thing here. So first we see Poncho, uh, and then we see Billy, and he's just crouched down. And then Billy gets up and he continues on. Then we see Poncho up ahead. He crouches down, lets Billy go on. So they seem to be doing this leapfrog thing, and. Uh, yeah, Poncho takes up the rear, and then I guess the scene uh, is followed by Hawkins, then Dylan and Anna, then Blaine, followed by Mac, and then finally it ends with Poncho. So is this the type of thing people do when they're running through, or excuse me, uh, prowling through the jungle? Yeah, this isn't Creedence Clearwater. Yeah. <laughs> Typically, you usually have a, a leapfrog-type maneuver when you're under fire. So when you're actively getting shot at, you'll have somebody move, and then they'll go down, they'll get set, they'll provide covering fire, and then somebody else moves. Doing it when there's nobody else around for no apparent reason other than to flex towards the camera just seems kind of weird. But right. the biggest problem I have with their movement is that uh, outside of, uh, I think, one scene that actually showed the point man pretty far out, which is where you want them, their spacing was horrendous. They were relatively <laughs> close to one another. That's bad. You never want to be in, a, be in a spot where one lucky grenade throw can take out your entire team. Yeah, I mean, or I will point where, out. It's... Where there's an ambush launched and it kills only one person, that, that's good. When there's an ambush launched and it kills your entire squad, that, that's bad. Well, now, what's the effective range of a typical grenade? That would be used by, I guess, these insurgents or these guerrillas. Um, Russian grenade, it, right? It, it depends on the type of grenade, but if you assume a five-meter kill radius, it's it's fairly safe assumption, of course. If you uh, dive away from it, boots toward it, try to get as low to the ground as possible because the shrapnel tends to go up and out, you, you maximize your chances of surviving. Right. Oh. But, uh, yeah, you, you never want to be that close to someone else. Now, these flak jackets I see some of these guys wearing. And <laughs> Most notably effective. Billy. <laughs> yeah, Billy. I mean, that just looks hot. <laughs> you mean like sexy? I, I, no. I have to rewatch that because I don't remember seeing any flak jackets. There, there were a, a few uh, load-bearing uh, devices. Oh. Um, loads of them had no jacket on at all, just a T-shirt, and they're chilling. It's like half of them had their sleeves cut off. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now we see Billy leave the uh, previous. I guess last week uh, they they le they're leaving the the uh, that base or whatever the gorilla base, 
Yep. And uh, yeah, Billy's wearing a flak jacket with no sleeves. When he when we start off, we see Billy. He's got the flak jacket. And he's got long sleeves on. Under that, they just slowly seem to be getting more and more undressed. Um, is that especially when you're trying to like cover the fact that you were even there? Is that is that typical procedure? Just throwing your clothes off as you go, or would you take that stuff with you? Maybe take it off, put it in your rucksack or whatever. If they're yeah, wearing that's this. another. <laughs> obviously, hit on one of the this. Um, when they made this movie, I don't think they called in much in the way of uh, military personnel to help help make sure it was accurate. Right. Okay. Like, so yeah. movies like Saving Private Ryan, like they really went for accuracy, especially in the beach storming scene. In Predator, I think they just got together and were like, we want something like Rambo, but with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it and kind of different. <laughs> I will say that yeah. Jesse Ventura was a Navy SEAL, and he had already done his time as a Navy SEAL before he was in this. So he must have had some sort of knowledge, right? Maybe not jungle warfare. I don't know. I'm thinking his main his main motivation was to get paid, and he just did not give two shits at that point. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. He had already been a pro wrestler this after pre, that. Yeah, this was pre governor time, right? Yes. Yeah. For both of Although, the governors. To be honest, I'm not sure he gave two shits when he was governor either. But <laughs> I didn't live in that state, so I really don't know. I just think it would be pretty freaking cool when you have a former pro wrestler Navy SEAL become governor. And that should be a requirement, to be honest with you. And I think our country would be better run. And walking around in a jungle with a big, basically, helicopter, like, minigun, Gatling gun-looking thing. <laughs> what is the M1? Uh, what is that thing? An M132 uh, or one. I don't even I don't even remember what that thing was called. Or uh, he, he looked like he was carrying a sixty, although it might have been a saw. Either way, that that's designed to be more crew served than just one dude carrying it around. But did you notice that none of them had rucksacks on or anything? Yeah, it's like they ditched it. Are they ditching them to get rid of? Or like if if they if they knew they were going to have to go through a valley that was going to be extremely hard to to navigate. Would they just ditch all their stuff like that and just take water or something? Fuck no. Oh, that's what I figure. Okay. Yeah, you want every you little want thing you, st- you Yeah. You want all your stuff with you. You're going to get to some place. Man, I wish I had my machete. Where's that? Oh, it's back with my stuff. Oh, it's back in that guy. It's <laughs> stuck in that guy in that post. Well, that's it's interesting. It's weighing 20 pounds. So that's- <laughs> So that, where do you think your food comes from? I mean, they're carrying their food. They're carrying their water. Yeah, they might have a couple of canteens on them. But see that that brings that actually brings up a point that we forgot to mention last time. Uh, that whole scene with stick it around, where Schwarzenegger throws the machete through the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they actually uh, came up with that scene because the machete weighed twenty pounds, and Schwarzenegger didn't want to have to carry it with him anymore. So they actually threw it through the guy, and apparently well, not actually threw it through the guy. Well, yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> but you know, in story continuity, they just right. left it there. So <laughs> it's yeah, it, it, no trace. Yeah, sure. There's I think there's plenty <laughs> of trace there that they were there. Yeah, and also on the, I think it was around minute fifteen through twenty or somewhere in there, we had a bodybuilder on Dave and he mentioned the amount of calories that would need to be consumed for gentlemen with these types of physiques. Yeah, no kidding. And he's like, their entire rucksacks was just like protein bars. Yeah. It would be if they had rucksacks, which they don't. They need camel packs filled with mayonnaise basically to keep their caloric intake correct. (laughs) Also, very few of them have have spare magazines or reloads. Uh, There there are several problems with that. Yeah, where are they keeping all these spare magazines? (laughs) One of the biggest problems is who's in charge of the patrol? 
uh, Schwarzenegger's character Dutch. is Dutch. He's the major. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he, he's a major. So imagine you're Dutch's boss. You're a freaking colonel in charge of a special forces element, and you're trying to pick a team to go on this top secret mission. And you have a guy that doesn't wear his freaking uniform ever, rips his sleeves off, smoking a cigar when you're trying <laughs> to... You're, you're trying to be stealthy. Smoke carries miles. It's It, it has a very distinct acrid scent to it it's something they probably don't have there so it's going to signal you're a westerner and oh it, it, that's a guy you're putting in charge wearing his camo cream to, to accent his jawline <laughs> camouflage holy crap <laughs> the whole point of camouflage is is to break up your silhouette so it does so you're not easily seen and to blend it to the background and there's it's the it's the opposite it highlights <laughs> what they look like it, it, it is anti-effective it is not just neutral it is, it is literally the opposite of what they want to do I, my theory here is that the people in the makeup department were the ones in charge of putting on their mm-hmm. camouflage and their natural instinct is to you know do the contouring as we talked about last week uh you know and to make them look better more than it is for camouflage they must have had a general concept of okay we need to put camouflage paint on these guys face and they're like okay yeah you know i've done better makeup before though we can make this look good (laughs) (laughs) yeah so this minute is pretty typical of the movie predator in that there's no dialogue and that there's a lot being shown in the body language the way that they move speaks a little bit to the character billy does that thing where he's holding perfectly still to evoke that sort of Native American mystique of, you know, the silent tracker. Mm. Uh, we see Blaine walking perfectly upright, just sort of, you know, smashing through. You know, he's the big badass in it. Yeah, yeah, blunderbuss. Poncho's kind of like hyper and on edge and like looking around. Hawkins looks kind of, you know, confused by everything. So there, there's some good, actually, character development, even just by having them walk through. Even though obviously militaristically, it's not even close to realistic. There's yeah, a lot of ICIC. I would like to point out some aspects of that are actually acceptable within the special forces community. Um, like what? If you're in a traditional line infantry battalion, you will be lockstep, dress right, dress with everyone else. Everyone, you all have similar haircuts, all like tight buzz cuts. You all have the exact same uniform. You will be forced to stay in that uniform all throughout. You'll have like little copies of the soldiers going through just with different weapons, different loadouts, Mm -hmm. but everybody will be following that. In the special forces community, because they are tackling very specialized and different missions, they have a lot more leeway. So sometimes they need to blend in with the local community. So making them have a high and tight buzz cut isn't really a good idea. So you want them to have longer hair. So. Uh, sometimes they won't be in military uniform because you want them to blend in with the locals. So they'll be wearing some variant of what the locals wear so they blend in a lot better. So if they're just seen from afar, you can't tell that they are associated with a military force, for example. Now, well, that's so a lot of these weird uniform things kind of make sense, but the trouble is they clearly went into this expecting more of a tactical go-in-and-extract-somebody-style mission, and they went in with a military uniform, but it's this weird archaic mix of 80s BDUs, some Vietnam era um, khaki style things, some things that look like they came from World War II. It's just whatever they thought looked cool when they went into the freaking costume section at the... (laughs) (laughs) Well, now, that that brings us to another point. Um, So, if they're trying to leave no trace that they were there, 
Would they go in there with 5.56, 7.62 by 51? Are they going in there with American rounds? Are they going in there with like AK 47s, uh, 7.62 by 39, things like that? Um, I don't know. They all, they have a wide variety of weapons. They probably would want to go in with things that would blend in more. Right. But if you notice in this movie, I mean, you have Dutch carrying an M16, yeah. which is uh, 7.76, but you have a lot of people carrying subbies that, that probably look like 9 mil. Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, those MP5s are. <laughs> yeah, there, there is a song. jungle, yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's. Part is weird. What, what Blaine is carrying is an M134, by the way. Oh, there was a it's saw like too earlier. Heavy one. gun yeah. that's going to be firing a special type of ammunition. Typically, you yeah. want all of your firearms to share the same ammunition. Right. So when somebody's dry, you can just grab a clip from someone else and not say, "Oh fuck, I fired all the golden bullets from this one." This is now a paperweight because you're using <laughs> seven seven six. Two hundred pound paperweight. <laughs> yeah. Although it, it, it's it's it, it, it's there's a reason why you have that uniformity. Because mm-hmm. it allows you the, the tactical flexibility to address situations as they arise. Right. But now I realize having the helicopter machine gun is a, is now actually pretty clever for the no trace. Because they're like, who in the hell? A helicopter landed. <laughs> a landing. helicopter through here. Swept there. And they did it for some, from such a low altitude. That's, just, that's crazy. It's a hot dog pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, before we go on anymore, I just want to say that Predator was one of my favorite oh. movies as a kid growing up. Mm-hmm. And now that I've rewatched bits of it with a critical military eye, I can say that nothing ruins a movie faster than doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember it being badass and awesome. And I go through here and now I'm like, no, wait, I thought it was badass and awesome. It's fucking ridiculous. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, you can curse. We have the, we have the parental advisory. Yeah, we do. Okay, Explicit shit. lyrics okay. thing. God damn it. The, if you catch yourself cursing, always say shit. Oh, fuck. I didn't mean to curse shit. <laughs> Gosh darn it to heck. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous. And it, the only thing I can say that the only thing that must be worse than doing that is when you're sitting next to somebody who's doing that <laughs> and ruining it for you. And on that same note, I would like to mention that I'm no longer allowed to watch movies with my wife after going through this little drill. So uh, there's that. I'll make a note. Uh, it's interesting, too, because, you know, as we've gotten older, no matter what it is you do, you end up having that sort of critical eye that you don't have as a kid. Right. Which just no matter what it is, uh, one of our mutual friends is in film and specifically in lighting. And he's constantly talking about, you know, why is that shadow going that way if it's noon? You know, and oh, you're like, yeah. oh, right. I didn't think about ah. that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, another friend of ours works in. Uh, recording studio and he has people call in all the time talking about what birds are in the trees or whatever the case may be whatever your specialty is it's going to throw it off when you see that and you're like what that's a- i always notice this uh and i'm not the only one to notice this but it gives me such a kick is when i'm watching commercials on tv and it's for you know people or maybe it's just tv show and it's people playing xbox or playing playstation right, and it's clear right. the controllers aren't on because there's a light specifically yep. on an xbox controller or on a playstation controller i'm like so they're just moving that controller around huh because they're supposed yeah, to be a commercial smiling, for like drinking beer time. <laughs> <laughs> they're like just clicking the buttons randomly i was like you know you should probably turn the controller on you know if you're gonna have so much yeah. fun with it but heck well if they're playing karate champion i mean it uh, might be it might be the same effect you know <laughs> it's karate champ karate Thank champ you very okay. much yes Sorry. <laughs> i saw one of those where they had the uh, xbox console with no wires coming into it at all just just sitting there oh it's wireless all yeah wireless. those yeah. xbox 7 custom yeah, you don't know about that <laughs> one yet those existed no they didn't yet 
It was you were watching a sci-fi film. Wi-Fi signal, apparently. <laughs> no, I mean it works on AC current. You have to have you know Tesla coils all over the place. It's you yeah. know it's it's <laughs> it's alien technology, man. <laughs> yeah. Was it in this movie that you saw it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. It literally was alien technology. So yeah, part of me wishes I was here for later on in the movie because some of that technology just makes no sense from a physics perspective. But anyways. Ah, no, you well, can still talk yeah. about it, uh, uh, John. Who you know he was on last week and he yeah. was talking a lot about uh alien sensing and just like the whole idea of thinking yeah, or seeing in infrared an or yeah. sensing electromagnetic pulses and things like that and he finds it fascinating and it's a right you know interesting idea but you're right some of the technology is odd there's some no if you're a super alien that has access to all of this technology and your ability to see heat is uh, like in Predator 2, they could actually see the beams of the flashlights going to that meat plant. Right. right. The and, meat plant. And that was based off of just, just refining his, his friggin' goggles so so, the, so he could see the heat to a fine degree. And then you have um, freaking Dutch jump into muddy water, come out, and he's invisible. Yeah. Yeah. Which, heat transference doesn't work that way. <laughs> I, I know. I mean, we have to get the R value of, of the mud, and then at the same time, he doesn't cover his eyes. And I, eh, yeah, I have a lot of problems with that. We'll, we'll also, if you there. if you look how technology evolved, especially from a military standpoint for humans, you you have to assume the aliens went through some similar technological circle where, where they're developing better weapons and engaging for longer ranges and then you have a predator who seems incapable of shooting at anything beyond 20 feet he should be able to just sit back several hundred meters and just drill him with his freaking homing exploding laser magic thing that oh yeah his, his well, little plasma bolt thing. there's there's yeah, two within story explanations for uh, that right right one that's not really explored in the film's a lot is that they're basically a culture in decline sort of like the very end of the roman empire people didn't even understand how to use the aqueducts or build any new ones they just had this technology left over and they were just using it the second one that is talked about here is these are supposed to be akin to big game hunters on earth who intentionally hamstring themselves like going out well, I shouldn't, not literally hamstring themselves, but, you know, put some sort of impediment in their own way, like going out bow hunting for oxen. Oxen, is that one of the things you do? I'm not a hunter. A uh, lion, maybe. You go after a lion with a... elephant or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and just yeah. use a, like a regular rifle rather than just, you know, flying a helicopter over it and shooting it right, with a right. rocket launcher or, or you know, bow hunting. It, well, yeah, like yeah. bow hunting and stuff like that. So that's part of the reason How I many think... bow hunters or big game hunters walk around with a suicide bomb strapped to them that they're planning to detonate in case something goes bad? <laughs> not enough. I... I don't, I don't know, but you know what? You know what? This just brings to mind. You know, spoiler alert. Dutch actually gives us a montage of the early development of of weapons technology by man as he builds all these, uh, I guess, Paleolithic weaponry. This Paleolithic with yeah, yeah, weaponry, and uh, you know, goes up against a predator with really Dutch is hamstringing himself because he's such a badass. He's going to go after the predator with a bow and arrow, you know, yeah. and I think that's pretty awesome. But we'll get we'll get to that part in yeah. subsequent minutes, of course. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a few weeks. <laughs> Getting ahead. But for those of you that are listening at home, I would like to point out exactly why this podcast is so important. Yes. If you rewind back to around a minute two or three of, Rewind. <laughs> of this podcast, <laughs> rewind your cassette tape now, you'll I hear... You dated yourself. Please be kind. Please rewind. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant 
Colonel David Owen has told you how to survive a grenade attack by jumping away, keeping your boots toward the explosion, and getting staying to low ground. to the ground. Yes, yes. This podcast very well could have saved your life if you're listening to this right now in a you know but an area where grenades save your life. It just will maximize the odds that you survive. There's still a good chance you'll just get taken out by the shrapnel. It's best thing you can do, though. You That's know, right. Try yeah. try to optimize your survival, anyway. and you can optimize <laughs> your entertainment by ah. tuning in every week. <laughs> And every day, weekdays only, to the Predator Minute. Until then.